0: That was a flood of visual and audio stimulation. <laughs> um, really good to see you here this morning. I would like to introduce some guests who are with us. Uh, Harold Bullock, who is my mentor, has been for well over 30 years. He he is here today. He's in town uh, with... Uh, to get ready for some training that we have this week uh, in the network of churches, the 176 network. We are going to be having pastors come into the Church of the Valley office from different places, Southern Cal, Northern Cal, Texas, and Virginia. So it uh, should be a good time as we work to train, but Harold's here, and I uh, really appreciate him. Also, uh, would, would you wave your hand, Harold? There he is. All right. Um, and then Matt and Jessica Sturdivant are here as well. Matt is the Harold's the senior pastor of Hope Church and uh, in Fort Worth, and Matt is the executive pastor of Hope Church in Fort Worth, and also the director of advancement for the 176 Network. We're on the network team together. I'm the director of the team. He gets paid about as much to do that as I do, which is zip. So but we're 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 committed to the cause, so this, this is what we do. Um and then Jessica Sturvant, his wife, Matt's wife, is here and she's created uh the training programs. Harold has uh done conferences and seminars all kinds, and what she's been able to do is take what he's taught in those and break it down into trainings like North Star that some of you have been through and in the Antioch Project training program. So really glad you all are here. Glad you're with us. Um, We've done the box office wisdom series for the last several summers. This year we're putting a slight twist on it, and uh, we're going to look at relationships at the box office. We'll look at the themes in the summer movies and what they say about family life and friendships. Today is the backdrop message to show why we can appreciate movies and the need to evaluate their message, not just soak it in. So we're going to look at this today. Uh, next week is the red carpet premiere. We're going to look at the first movie, and uh, it escapes me which movie that is right now. Does anybody know? what, what? Is Thad in here? Thad's not in here. I think he's speaking next week, so he would know. <laughs> um, it's the first one that showed up there on that roll-in. Um, but anyway, next week's the red carpet premiere uh, with kettle corn and, and all kinds of stuff that we can enjoy as we, as we listen to the message. I, I really enjoy a good movie. Really good movie. I, I, I really enjoy it and a bunch of people must enjoy it because companies make billions on on movies uh as such a high percentage of the population goes to the movies. Um why is that? Why why do we enjoy the movies so much? Well, first of all, they entertain and they allow us to escape for a while. From what we really need to deal with or what's been on our mind. A good movie pulls you in and it gets your mind off of all the things that are going on in your real life. And that's, that's helpful at times. Sometimes if it's not a good movie, it doesn't pull you in and you're still rolling around in your mind all the things that you, you have to think about. But I, I like to sit in a good air-conditioned movie theater and eat some popcorn. I like some popcorn while I'm watching the show. Um, Alan Palmer, a screenwriter who coaches others in story writing, says cinema is the modern, and of course he's in this industry, so he, 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 he thinks this, and to some it, it probably is, the modern secular cathedral. And he says, as humans, we enter the darkened theater seeking three things to expand our emotional bandwidth to reconnect with ourselves, higher selves, and to be reminded we're not alone. So he says we expand our emotional bandwidth by feeling sensations that we rarely experience in our normal lives, Uh, to be reminded of what humans are capable of in terms of both good and evil and to alter our course if we're steering more towards the latter than the former, Uh, to be reminded we're not alone. The collective reaction of others in the audience through, through everybody experiencing it together and the gas and the concern, and all, we realize, hey, we're, we're in this together. Uh, we're not the only ones wrestling with life's this, ill. This is his perspective, uh, which more or less could reflect what goes on in theaters. I know for me, as I've been in theaters, sometimes I'm disturbed at the responses of the, of the audience. <laughs> And what's going on there. But when we go to the movies, we want to be entertained. That's why we go. That's where we buy the ticket and get the popcorn and sit down. Sometimes we go to be informed. I have gone to movies to be informed. Not, not that often. But mostly to be entertained. To entertain, one facet of the meaning of the word entertain, is to hold one's attention. To to. Hang on to the, the, the person's attention. Good movies do this. They, they pull you in and focus your attention on the values that the screenwriter wants you to consider. We're impacted by our experience in the theater more than we realize. Uh, good stories are powerful. I, I told a story to my grandkids the other day. Uh, they asked me to tell a story. So the one that came to mind was when I was four years old. I had a girlfriend. And uh, I, the way I related to her was I crawled up in the apricot tree and started throwing apricots at her. And I followed through really well on one of the one of the throws and landed on my arms and broke both of them at the same time, and that's how I went to kindergarten. And one of the ladies in the room walked over and said, hey, hey, do you think there's any part of that story that Blake might think it's okay to throw apricots at a girl? <laughs> and uh, I thought, maybe so. Hey, Blake, it's not okay to throw apricots at a girl. He was likely deterred somewhat by the, the broken arm thing. He's pretty cautious. But the point is, stories are powerful. they, 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 they present images to us in our minds or on the screen, and they can pull us in. Jesus knew the power of stories. He was a master storyteller, and he understood the power of a well-crafted story and used them to move people toward the right things, toward the truth and right living. Listen to what he said. He was explaining to his close followers why he used so many stories, little short stories, that can contain nuggets of truth and he said this, whenever someone has a ready heart for this and he means following me or the truth God's truth, the insights and the understandings flow freely but if there is no readiness any trace of receptivity soon disappears, that's why I tell stories to create readiness to nudge people toward receptive insight this is, Jesus understood this, good stories that pull us in, they nudge us in a direction they nudge us toward things movie makers are the storytellers of our day Uh, stories of our culture of any culture carry its values and powerful stories nudge us in a certain direction if we're following Jesus we need to make sure that the stories are taking us in the direction he would want us to go that they're, they're moving us in the right way, in the right direction. So in this series, we'll be looking at where the movies this summer want to take us and evaluating how that lines up with where Jesus would want us to go. So that's, that's what we're doing. Uh, this year, we're going to look at how the movies portray relationships, primarily, and that is what... What are the common patterns of relating that we see in movies? What are some of them? How how do these movies line up with what the Bible says about relating to each other and what it says about experiencing relationships? What what you see in the Bible is it uncovers uh, patterns of relating that kill relationships. And that's particularly what we're going to look at in this series. As As you watch the movies... There are patterns of relating that reflect our lives that we can get into as well that ruin and kill relationships. These, these show up in movie characters all the time. Uh, some are even endorsed. Some of these relationship killer patterns are endorsed by the screenwriter and the director as they put the movie together. So in this series, what we're going to do is identify the relationship killers, see how they show up in the movies, and consider how they really damage our family and friendship. So here's a preview of relationships at the box office wisdom and the killers, the relationship killers that connect. Uh, Pride's destruction. We're going to look at X-Men. Hey, there it is. That's the first one, X-Men Apocalypse. I thought that might be it, but I didn't trust my, my thinking. Pride is a repellent, a people repellent, and it destroys relationships, so we're going to look at that. Uh, hiding beneath the surface, uh, surface. Uh, now, you, now you see me too. If you refuse to be honest about who you are in a friendship or in, in family life, it's, it's plastic and not meaningful. Uh, past frustration to hope, we're going to look at finding Dory, poor communication patterns that wreck relationships. Manipulation, the legend of Tarzan. Um, I, I will ruin my relationships if, if I have a pattern of using people, like pawns on a chessboard. Um, it's, it's important that I avoid that pattern. That kills relationships. Selfishness is uh, wrapped up in The Secret Life of Pets. That, frankly, looks entertaining to me. It'll be interesting. Um, and then if I'm going to have the best relationships, I really have to move out or I have to look outward to consider the needs and interests of others. And then walking through the wreckage, the Bourne franchise, another one I'm looking forward to, okay? I can't, can't go wrong with a good action movie. Um, faithfulness is at the core of lasting relationships, And so unfaithfulness, just not being reliable, destroys relationships. I I want to be clear that we're not studying these movies and doing sermons based on the movies and what they say about life, Uh, but we're looking at the relational patterns and the themes in each of the movies. We're not endorsing the movies either, Uh, but since the movies carry the major ideas and values, of our culture. We're going to look, look at what their message is, what they're saying about life and relationships, and then compare that with Scripture. And hopefully learn how to do that, how to analyze what's going on there. Whenever we set out to follow Christ, one of the things we need to do is we need to learn how to hear God's voice. We need to learn how to hear so we can follow, so we can do what it is he's telling us to do. That's one of the characteristics that Jesus pointed to of a follower of his. My sheep hear my voice. They're able to hear my voice and follow and, and do what I'm telling them to do. When we understand what God wants from us, often we experience static. The, the static that comes from ourselves because there's what God wants us to do and then there's what I really want to do. And that creates some static as we wrestle with that in us. Uh, we, we get static from what others tell us to do in situations. We're dealing with problems. We're handling life situations. And we get some static from what other people tell us to do, what culture tells us to do. And that kind of static makes it very difficult to hear and understand what God's saying to us through the scriptures. Because we're being pulled and nudged in different directions. It, it prevents a good signal coming through from the Lord. And interferes with certain, certain messages. In, in our culture, there are loud, strong messages that come through. Often. All the time. And these create static. Uh, we get pulled by messages being sent through all sorts of media. Uh, the news. Facebook. Facebook movies, songs that can pull us in. Uh, all of this can get get us emotionally charged and moving in a direction. Movies say a lot about relationships. Uh, how to be a friend, how to date, how to relate to family, how to treat your boss, uh, and uh, how to work with those under your authority at work. And The movies give us clear examples that we can see on the screen that can soak into our brains and hearts if we allow them to. And they can impact the way that we approach our own relationships. In fact, studies have been done to show the impact movies have on our relationships, uh, particularly the impact of romantic comedies. A study was done by Harriet Watt University in Edinburgh, that included 40 top box office films between 1995 and 2005, and they established common themes and the impact of those themes. The psychologists found, which you may have intuited, uh, but they did a study to discover this, um, they found that the fans of films such as You've Got Mail, The Wedding Planner, and While You Were Sleeping... um, often fail to communicate with their partners effectively. So fans of romantic comedies hold the view that if someone is meant to be with you, they should just know what it is you're thinking and what you're trying to tell them, what you want. They just know. It just comes to them. Um, this has made it really hard on me, by the way, sometimes <laughs> because i can't i can't pull that off it 's made it hard on a lot of us. oh, if it 's right, then we just float along in bliss and we understand each other. we know we don 't even have to tell each other we 're sorry because of that. Um, anyway, this is what Dr. Bjorn Holm says. We now have some emerging evidence that suggests popular media play a a role in perpetuating these ideas in people's minds, the ideas that they would just know what you want. The problem is that while most of us know that the idea of a perfect relationship is unrealistic, some of us are still more influenced by media portrayals than we realize. Throughout the studies, the researchers found many themes people uh, believe that were unrealistic. We all want success to be in successful relationships. We want to be the special one and meet the special one. Unfortunately, people tend to believe the Hollywood idea of a perfect relationship. That's just unrealistic. People feel that if their relationship is not like a Hollywood film, then it is not any good. Dr. Holmes said that you have to invest time and energy into the relationship. Investing time and energy are not themes that are popular in Hollywood films. Have you seen a film that focused on investing time and energy? into relationships, which is what is required. It, it requires a lot of humility to say, you know, I blew it there. That was wrong. I, I said the wrong thing. I did the wrong I hurt you. Will you forgive me for that? That takes a lot of energy. For me, it takes a lot of, it takes a bunch of time to sort through myself and be willing to admit that I'm wrong. And that's that's what it takes. For those who follow Christ, we need to filter the messages that are unrealistic. And we need to choose to relate in the way that pleases God. When we don't, we ask Him to forgive us and get it right with those around us. But as we do relationships, as we live out our relationships the way God's designed them to flourish, they thrive. It's good. We need a great deal of God's help and wisdom to do that. We, we really need Him to give us the help. Wisdom is the ability to read a situation and to act in the best way possible to reach the goal, the right goal. The best goal in that situation or the best way to solve the problem. We, we all have a fund of ideas and understandings that we draw from as we're in situations in our relationships we have this fund and we deal with the challenges of life out of that out of that fund this is the wisdom that we use to handle life the patterns we'll look at in this series represent uh, common problems we all experience in relationships and the ways that we tend to move toward our goal. What what we really need is we really need the right goals. We need to choose the right the right res, the the fruit the right fruit that we want to see in our relationships. And we need God's help for that. We I do I I need God's help to help me even want to do what's right with the people around me. He God really wants us to experience the best kind of relationships. And we don't just arrive there on our own. We don't we don't just end up in the best kind of relationships. We have to keep choosing to cooperate with him, to let him change us. And then we need his help to apply this truth of scripture to live it out and relate in a way that pleases him to help us make progress. God lays out the path for great relationships. And so we're going to look at that in this series. Uh, We're we're looking at the movies and we're going to ask, what is it saying about relationships and how does that square with reality? How, How do these patterns square? And what we really experience. What, what does the movie say about how we treat people, how I should respond to hurt and disappointment, what's helpful and effective communication, what's a healthy relationship? Since we're escaping to movies and we can get <clears throat> caught up in it, we we can feel like the movie reflects how life really works. The problem is that no movie. And show the long-term effects of a particular pattern of behavior. It's a short amount of time that we have in a movie and it just can't pull that off. So since masterfully done movies have a strong pull toward their values and what they're saying is most important in a situation, we need to know how to read and evaluate those movies. <clears throat> First thing to do Uh, for Christ followers, is to filter the ideas you collect through the truths in the Bible. Measure them by it. And that's what we're going to do in this series. Romans 12.2 says, Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings out the best in you. He brings the best out of you. Develops well-formed maturity in you. This passage here makes it clear that we should expect to hear static from the culture as we try to follow God. If you've decided to follow Christ there's going to be a pushback. We follow Jesus amid, amidst waves that flow against his thoughts and ideas and his values and the truth that you find in Scripture. So we're, we're swimming against that current. They're seeing these, these ideas that flow against Jesus. They're seen on billboards, signs, uh, TV programs and advertisements, cell phone texts. Internet, websites, social media posts, music and video games. When you decide to follow Christ, you you really have to swim with everything you got against the culture that's around us. So in this series, we want to show what the Bible says about these relationship killers and how to move beyond them. Uh, Knowing the wrong is the first step to moving toward the right. So we're going to look at that. We all need help in relating the right way. We need God's help. Uh, once we've identified a wrong pattern, we really need his help to move forward. This takes analysis, and we have to more, do more than just be entertained by the movie, having it hold our attention. We've got to think it through. We can't just allow the ideas and what's going on on the screen to soak in. Processing is good, so we need to be learning to process, uh, because ideas and impressions can stick with us. They can stick to us. The way the movie ideas impact us is our mind gets wrapped up in the story, and as our minds see the the mental image, and we have other images that come to our own mind, uh, then it becomes an idea. It develops into an idea. You put ideas on the screen, mix them with story, words, music, and visuals. It creates an emotional impact that draws us toward those ideas. And the emotion coupled with the idea imprints in you if you're not careful. And we don't always give much thought to what we're absorbing on the screen. We don't, we don't think it through. So we gather a lot of ideas from the media and culture, and there are a variety of ideas. There, there are different levels of ideas that have been considered by us. The first highest level is a thought, uh, the result of reflecting, reasoning, or meditation. This, this means that you've really given some consideration to this idea and you've thought it out, and there, it's something we hold on to. Uh, these grow out of concepts, uh, which is an idea formed by consideration of instances or patterns of occurrences in a species or group through analysis. So this concepts develop out of thinking things through, analyzing things, um, and more broadly a concept is an idea of what should be. Concepts grow out of, an, of notions, which is an idea not much resolved by an analysis or reflection. May, may suggest capricious or accidental. That's the idea of that word. Um, you have the oddest notions. Um, that's a phrase that's used related to notions, um, and then impressions resulting from immediately or resulting immediately from some stimulation of the senses. This is what happens when we go to a movie. We we gain impressions and notions. They create movies, create these things, and they can cause us to drop our guard and, and soak in things that really end up being harmful to us because we adopt ways of thinking that lead us to decisions, choices, actions that kill relationships. The Bible shows us how to strain out. These wrong ideas. It, 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 it gives us the truth to measure against and strain the things that are harmful to us. When we don't engage our mind and we allow our emotions to lead us regarding a movie or really anything, we buy into faulty ideas. They plant seeds in us. They grow into really rotten fruit in our relationship. So we're going to talk about how to guard against that. Uh, As we move forward in this series. Second way that's helpful as you're reading and evaluating uh, a movie or the second thing to do is to ask God for discernment as you encounter the message in the media. This, This really makes it more fun. I enjoy going to a movie. I enjoy a good story. But I also like thinking through what's it telling me about life and what I should do as a result, and then is that what God would want me to do? Hey, it adds a little purpose to the movie uh, going that we have. But anyway, movies are good at striking a chord with general values that are important to everyone. But we need to have discernment and keep asking, is that true? What is the value that this is talking about? If I go down this, the path that this movie suggests, that I go down, what will happen to my relationships? What's going to happen there? Um, Proverbs 17, 24 says, a discerning man keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wanders to the ends of the earth. And as we watch movies, as we set out to be discerning and help our kids be discerning, it's a very good thing. We We keep wisdom in view as we're Gathering in the, the the movie and the story that's going on there. To do that, we have to saturate ourselves with God's Word. This this is the measure. It's the only real way to distinguish right and ro- right from wrong. Uh, Psalm one nineteen sixty six says, "Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments." That's a prayer we should pray. God would you help me as i'm as I'm handling all the flood of media as the waves are coming at me would you help me to discern would you give me good judgment and knowledge for I really I believe your commands I stake my life on those so would you help me sort out the difference between your truth and what I'm hearing and seeing and pulling in it's very easy to get pulled into the direction. Uh, of the words and images on the screen that tug on our emotions. God's words help me to know right from wrong. And it's fun, really, to watch a movie and sort it out and try to um, analyze what's good and bad out of that movie. And God's Spirit is a real help. So I need to ask for His help. I need to ask Him to give the guidance that he, He is so willing to give if we ask. There is a handout, extra handout in your program that I'd like you to look at if you would. Um, The front side of the handout mostly deals with discovering the message statement, and that's fun to practice. That's something you may want to practice this week, looking at the hero, what their motivation is, what their goal is at the beginning of the movie, how that shifts and changes, often tells you what the movie's all about and what, what's important to the screenwriter. You can practice that. Um, on the on the bottom of the front page and on the back is identifying the value message of a movie. And this is mostly what's going to help us in this series. Um, who was looked down on or made fun of? Who was looked up to? What characteristics are shown to be good? And then what do the choices people make in their relationships and the way people relate in the movie say about relationships? So we're going to look at that and compare that to Scripture. And then down at the bottom where it says, uh, gives some suggestions, questions to ask about contrasting the movie's message statement values and worldview with Christianity. Um, how, does, how does the message statement square with the Christian worldview? How do things looked up to and looked down on? in the show, compare with biblical values. And then the last question, how, how would God want us to treat people according to the scriptures and what decisions or choices please him? So this is what we're going to do. We're going we're to look at the movies, their themes, their, what they're saying about relationships, and sort all of that out to compare and contrast with what the scripture says. What we say and do flows out of what we think and the ideas that we allow to soak into our minds. It's our heart that steers things. In, in in Scripture, our heart is the the cockpit of our life. It's where we make decisions out of. And it's important to know what God wants. God wants us to enjoy life. Movies are a part of that. But as we enjoy movies... Uh, he wants us to learn to insulate ourselves with his word to protect against ideas that are going to bring harm. And we need to ask for his help and discernment to do this. We really need his help. I'd like to wrap up the message by asking you to think through a couple of next steps. Um, one of those may be uh, to memorize Psalm 1724. If you would, please Look at the bottom of the listening guide or pull out the connection card from your program. And if, if you haven't had time to finish completing information on that card, you could do so now and let us know about one of these ste- steps if you'd like. Uh, the first step could be to memorize Psalm 1724, as I said, a discerning man. Or is that, that's, uh, I think that's Proverbs 1724. I don't know if it's correct on your listening guide, but it's wrong here. Um, a discerning man keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. And then another step could be to practice uncovering the message in a movie or a TV show this week. That's fun. Give it a shot. Get some practice in. And then maybe with your kids. If you have kids, watch a show and try to pull out, pull out the, the meaning, the message, and whether or not that lines up with what you know of Scripture. That's, that's a lot of fun. And then you may want to invite a friend to attend next week. Uh, I think it will be a really good time uh, as we begin to look at the movies and what they're saying about relationships, compare that with God's word. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your guidance and your help and for your heart for us, God. You really want us to know what's best in this world and you've given us the responsibility to choose and so thank you for making us the way that you have and for giving us this choice and I pray God that you'd help us to grow in discernment that you'd help us Lord to to want to do things your way and to learn how to rely on you and your you you Holy Spirit as you Guide us through life. Help us in this, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.